Hello, Hoopjack fans, and welcome to another edition of, you guessed it, the Hoopjack Podcast Series. I am and will always be your host, Christopher Armistead, and with me is the marvelous Jacob Atkins. Jacob, how are you doing, my man? Doing all right, brother. How are you doing? Can't complain, can't complain. All those school starts next week, so, you know, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Have fun. <laughs> Living the dream. So... Uh, real quick, um, before we kind of get started into the segment, I want to, you know, give my thoughts and prayers out to not only the, the city of New Orleans for what they're going through with Ida, but also New York and New Jersey. They've had tremendous amounts of flooding, and I hope everyone out there is staying safe. I hope everyone's, you know, doing the best that they can. I know power's out. I know food is scarce. I know we're in a tough time right now with Mother Nature and weather, but I hope everyone is staying safe. So uh, Hertz, the company I work for, actually took volunteers from my region to to go help with the flood relief. And uh, two, two of my buddies are down there right now. They said they, they drove past houses half underwater with no roof. Uh, there are people that they've met have had no air conditioner for a week. They've had no power for a week. They've had no clean water for a week. So it's it's a disaster down there. Yeah. So my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by Hurricane Ida, and I hope you guys are staying safe. So we're gonna get right into it. Um, so there's been still continuous trade trade uh, trades happening in the NBA. Last minute changes before the season starts, but ESPN, uh, created by an ESPN writer, Kevin Pelton, who's an amazing writer for them, even though ESPN is kind of in some hot water lately, but the writers are usually very good at what they do. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) If you aren't related, check out our last episode when we kind of trash, uh, where we was like Bishop Sycamore having their problem, but we'll... But we've already gone through that. Make sure to check out all our episodes. So they did the NBA offseason report card. And so we're going to start with the team with the low. We'll start with the lowest grade and we'll move up to our highest grade. That way you guys can see kind of how the teams did. We're, we only have a few. So just if you guys want to check out the rest of the article, make sure to head over to ESPN. Check out Kevin Pelton and that article moving forward. So the first team we have is, is New Orleans Pelicans. Now, they lost Lonzo through trades. You know, they still have Zion, but that's, like, hanging on by a thread. They were given a report card grade of a D. And Kevin Pelton said, quote, It looks like the Pelicans misread the market when they made the Giannis Valanciunas and Steven Adams deal with Memphis. The $21 million in salary saved didn't allow the Pelicans to make any difference-making additions. Do you agree with that? I think that's a fair assessment. They gave up more than they got easily. Easily. They were, they were already like a struggling team. You know, kind of underperformed last year, and then they, they gave up key assets and didn't really get a whole lot in return for it. So, they, yeah, they dropped it the just, ball. It just didn't pan out the way they wanted. And in my opinion, and we've gone over this, New Orleans, I feel like New Orleans is going to go under for – the win-loss ratio from yeah. last season to this season, it's going to go under. I'm just not... It's not even going to be a shocker. Um, moving on up to Toronto. We the North. You know, they've been kind of struggling since losing Kawhi, and now you lost Lowry. They were given a D+. In the long... And 
Kevin Pelton, quote, in the long term, deciding to take Scotty Barnes number four overall ahead of Jalen Suggs might dominate our assessment of Toronto's offseason. Now, that was surprising. Jalen Suggs fell a couple of picks than what yeah. he was supposed to. And Scotty Barnes was picked for Toronto. And I thought Jalen Suggs would go to Toronto because they needed a guard like Jalen Suggs, a leader that he was at Gonzaga to lead the Toronto team. Now, is this fair grade for Toronto? For I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that that's a little a little favorable for Toronto. Um, I would have actually given them like a D minus or an F. Um, you know, they got Goran Dragic from Miami, but now reports are coming out that they're buying him out. And now Drogic is expected to sign with Dallas. Like, Ooh, that's that's, what, that's what actually not bad at Dallas, but yeah. You, what now, guards are you going to have? You None. They don't have any right now. Without they, Lowry, you don't have a team. You gave up Lowry. Leader. You're giving away Drogic. Like, you don't have a good guard right now. Toronto's moving in the opposite direction. So, yeah, we're going F on them. So, this one, it's uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Now they've had a you know an off season to remember like to remember they picked up I think a total of forty six uh, players forty it was a lot um, a lot of all stars on that team but they were given a C what and and it was this is Kevin Pelton wrote quote in Russell Westbrook the Lakers added a singular talent to help carry the load during the regular season but they'll have to work around his shooting limitations in a playoff setting. They were given a C. Fair or not? That's in my not opinion. Fair. Oh well, here's the thing. I can understand why it's not fair because of the talent that they have. But he makes a good point in the team needs to stay healthy. They're a much older squad. It's a long road to the playoffs. And you gotta make sure that, you know, everyone's doing their part. Russell Westbrook cannot just be the only guy, you know, he's not it's hard with because when you have guys like that who are you come from a team where you were the only one who was could do anything. Now you got a team with everyone can try to do something. It's tough. The, think, that mindset. I would give them a. I would give them a B plus. I think letting letting Caruso go was a mistake. Um, West the Westbrook addition. I mean, he he's proven that he can help get a team to the playoffs. Right. He helped. Um, he helped the Thunder get there on his own. He helped Houston make a good playoff run. He got Washington into the playoffs. He was the best player on that team last year, in my opinion. I think he was better than Beal. Um, if someone goes down, if LeBron, you know, re-aggravates one of his injuries he's had over the last couple of years, if AD once again goes down with an injury, Westbrook can get you to a playoff game. So I, th- right. I think that's really what they're looking for because he's healthy, he's durable, he doesn't really miss a lot of games. You can you can rely on Westbrook to go out and get you a regular season win. Yeah, I think that's saying, really what they were going for. And I'm they not got saying yeah, you can't. They got Wellington. Westbrook can get you that regular season win, but when it comes to the playoffs and making sure that not only he, he's healthy but the rest of the team is healthy it's one it's wondering how deep they can go i'm not saying that they aren't right now a championship team but you still got a long road ahead to the playoffs i mean a c is 
I wouldn't give him a C. I'd put him at a B minus, but no higher than a B. Only because I need to see how these guys do through the whole year. You know, they. I think the I saw the other day. This is the first time in NBA history we have had a team with seven current or former All Stars. It's. it's I know they. They're a little older, but you know, they can still play. But the Nets have that as well. They just picked up Lamarcus Aldridge. Just came back, signed with the Nets, and DeAndre Jordan's out. So that'll be interesting to see with the Nets this year. Then we move to the Chicago Bulls. They were given a C plus. This is the quote. Chicago needs to make the playoffs to justify dealing for veterans DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic's Nikola Vucevic while overcoming what projects as one of the league's weakest defenses. C plus. What is this guy's problem? I think he's just I not... don't think you could have had a better offseason. Then Chicago. Chicago did. Like they had nothing and then they turned it into Lonzo Ball, who's year over year one of the most improved players in the league. DeMar DeRozan, who's a career 20 points a game. I know he's a little older, but he's still gonna be able to ball. And Vucevic is a really, really good big. I I think the C plus needs to go to like an A minus. Yeah. They did the or at least a B plus. Or at least a B plus because this team was one of the few teams that actually profited off of this offseason. Yeah, they did the absolute best that they could do. You could not have had a better offseason if you were Chicago. My opinion, I think that C plus needs to go to a B plus or an A minus. Not an A yet, but I need to see how the season goes. Yeah. Next we move to Phoenix. They had a you know decent offseason. They re-signed Chris Paul, Cameron Payne. They were given a B. What? This is the quote. No moves were more important for the Suns than re-signing point guards Chris Paul and Cameron Payne, who returned at reasonable prices. Reasonable for Chris Paul? <laughs> he's gonna Reason- he's gonna be under contract till he's 40. I know. That's it's not, I would use reasonable as that nothing. price, but no. They added I mean, nothing. A B? What would you give them? Uh, a C? They yeah. didn't do anything. They <laughs> no, added they no pieces. They, do they, they gave up pieces. They got rid of Javon Carter, who I know he's not worth a whole lot, but he's a spark plug off the bench. He's a defensive bulldog. He's a hustler. They got rid of him. They re- Yeah, they re-signed Chris Paul, but he's only going to get older. Fa- uh, mother, fa- Father Tom. Is Father, un- time. Father Time is right undefeated. There. Father Time is knocking on Chris Paul's door. And he's coming off of that wrist injury that their reports are saying was a lot worse than what we thought. They didn't add anything after they got beat 4-2 to two in the finals. The Lakers reloaded. The Nets are going to be healthy this year, hopefully. Milwaukee is virtually the same. The I give him a C. What do you I mean a, a C? What do you mean a B? It's not, Get out of here. It's a C. It's not even close. So next up we have Miami. They had a really good offseason as well. You know, the pick it up Kyle Lowry and they and they um, still have Oladipo and a lot of other good pickups. This is the quote. Nobody did more to help their chances of winning in 2000 in the 2021-22 season than the Heat who added the top free agent to change teams in Kyle Lowry. They were given a B plus. 
I would give them an A. B plus is fair. A is A. I, I, B plus or A. I couldn't really. I can't really make an argument that they shouldn't have been a B plus. But they, yeah, they had a really good off season. They that's, had a really. I don't really fair. have much to say because I mean they did well in the off season. You know, the first one he's got right. That's so. Next up, we got Golden State. Quote was in the long run, Golden State's pair of lottery picks will have more impact on the team's outlook. I like both Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, where they were drafted. They were given an A minus. Kaminga and Moody were n- virtually nobodies in this draft. Here, here's I don't know what I, he's I think saying. the only reason I'm thinking it's an A minus. In the offseason, I mean, you're still waiting to see where Clay, what what's going to happen to Clay. You know, his the offseason is just it wasn't much for Golden State. They didn't they only picked up the draft picks. They didn't really thing. But if they're waiting to see what the season holds, I get it. But you're not going to have Clay until probably Christmas. If they had leveraged those draft picks into like Ben Simmons, for example, then yeah, you can call it an A. But I don't think you can. I don't think anybody wants Ben Simmons at this point. You can't give someone an off-season grade of an A based on just draft picks. You can't. That doesn't make any sense because we don't know if they're going to be anything. Yeah. So the last one we have, and this was an A, um, this is the quote, and you'll – and you'll know who the team is. The Hawks also ensured their core stays together by re-signing restricted free agent John Collins and extending Trey Young as a designated player. They were given an A. Why? I don't think it's an A yet because the Hawks had a good run in the playoffs, but right now they're still not a Eastern Conference Finals team. I'm not even looking at championship. They're not even close. I'm talking like Eastern Conference Finals. Like they're not even that, close. That's like the the Phoenix situation. They didn't make any moves. Yeah, they re-signed their players, but that should be expected. They didn't go out and get anybody. They didn't add depth. They didn't add size. They didn't add athleticism. They didn't add shooting. They just kept what they had and said, all right, run it back. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna say this, and I think you should agree with this. I think the people, I think we need, I think we need to work for ESPN because yeah, these, these people, these people don't know what they're doing. I, I, and I, I at least would have scouted. We've Bishop had Sycamore. We've had it two straight weeks of ESPN not knowing what to do. They have no idea how to do their job. We could do. I mean, it's not even about offseason report card. At least make it like respectable because you talk about, like you even said. You know, Phoenix gets a B. They don't deserve a B. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Miami, oh, Chicago deserves an A. Chicago and Miami. Miami deserve an A. They Golden State B. is a Golden State's a B because I mean they didn't do anything. You got teams on here that didn't do anything. Lakers should be at a B minus, but because you know who they signed, the Pelicans and the Raptors could be at an F. But these people don't know what they're doing. This list is just unbelievable. It's just I know, like hair. they're they're professionals, and I would be offended if somebody tried to tell me how to rent cars because that's you know that's what I do for a living. But, but gosh, you you guys, this is something else. This is next level questionable. So 
let us know what you guys think because this is we were kind of just making we need to work for ESPN bro we just need yeah, to yeah the, these are ridiculous so the next one we have is a interesting question so I saw this on Instagram and it was basically a lot of the what ifs like what if this happened would it have changed anything in the league so we're gonna kind of go through five that I thought were really interesting I know see. what one you want to talk about already. Let's save yeah. that one for so, last. No, we're going to save that one for last because I'm already, you know me, I'm going to be very already passionate talked, about it. Yeah, we're gonna be, I'm going to be very, and you guys will hear about it in a minute, but I'm going to be very passionate about it. So we're going <laughs> to skip that one. We're going to save that one for last. The first one we're going to do is what if Steph Curry was drafted by the Timberwolves? See, that, so so Steph Curry that. was the seventh, was drafted seventh by the Warriors. The Timberwolves had two straight picks. They drafted Ru- Ricky Rubio at fifth and Jordan Flynn at sixth. Ty- and Tyreek Evans was the top pick. He won Rookie of the Year. If Steph Curry had gone to the Wolves, would his impact be different on that team versus his impact on the Warriors? So for the story, for those of you who don't know, the reason the Wolves did not draft him was because Steph Curry is an avid golfer. If he's not hooping, or getting booed up by Aisha Curry, the <laughs> goddess that she is. If he's not doing that, he's golfing. And the weather in Minnesota is not it's very terrible. favorable. It's snow. So the, snow wolf, the, the story was that the Wolves passed on Steph Curry because they felt he would not have been happy because he would not be able to golf as much as he would want to. I get it. It's like it's like a Jordan thing. You know, Jordan played golf the majority yeah. of his time. And I get it. But it's at the same time, you're looking at it as the impact that he's had now. Because you look at that Warriors squad back then. You still had, what, Monte Ellis? Monte Ellis, my, yeah. Big guard for Golden State. I think the if Monte Ellis had stayed in Golden State, I still feel like they could have still won a title with Monte Ellis. He was still a great ball player. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Steph's impact in Minnesota would have been as big as Golden State because that front office, like they they proved year over year that they they can draft and that front talent. office and that coaching staff. Yeah, they that can, coaching. Mark Jackson was a, a beast of a coach. He does You're, not get the no, credit no, he deserves. No, no, Mark Jackson should still have a coaching job in yeah. the NBA. He I don't care what anybody says. He did not deserve to lose that job. Oh, and I, I credit Steve Kerr, amazing guy, great ball player, great coach. But Mark Jackson's just still have a coaching job in this league. Are I mean, you kidding that, me? The front office and that coaching staff are, so, are are top tier. So they they develop players. They've proven that. They draft good players. They've proven that. Minnesota has proven that they underachieve and they don't get the most out of their talent that they have. So I don't think his his legacy would have been even half of what it is if he had been drafted by Minnesota. Right. So I think we can both it, the impact wouldn't have felt better. The impact would have been different. And I get it. I think we all kind of agree that the right move was Steph going to Golden State and it his impact. I think his impact would have been different in Minnesota. He might not have won titles in Minnesota, but I don't know. He, he wouldn't. I know he wouldn't have stayed in Minnesota. That's the thing. He yeah, would have been there for his rookie either. contract, and that would have been it. That's it. Uh, next one we have. This one kind of takes near to dear in my heart. What would have happened? What if Kobe had stayed with Charlotte when they drafted him? Now, 
Charlotte drafted Kobe Bryant, but then there was the trade where Kobe went to LA and Vladi Divac went to the Hornets. Now, had Vladi Divac not gone to the Hornets, Kobe would have had teammates Muggsy Bogues, Del Curry, and Scott Burrell on that team. How big of an impact would he have had on that team? I think later on in his career, Kobe's one of those one of those guys that was going to be an all time great, was going to be a multi time champion, was going to be an MVP regardless of where he played, who he played with, when he played. I think his legacy would have would have been parallel to what it was with the Lakers. It would have been the he's same. Just, he's just a winner. Yeah, I think. And he also surrounded himself with guys who compliment. Like he had, it was the Kobe and Shaq era, and then you had the Kobe and Powell era. That big man was essential to him. He thrived on a good big man that they both. It was the yin and yang. It was big brother, little brother. Like you complimented each other very well. And it would have just been, you know, Charlotte would have picked up like a good big man at that time and Shaq would have still been in LA because of you know he we got out of Orlando but I still think that time it would have been different I don't think I still and then you look at that finals where the Lakers Lakers and Kobe and Shaq won their first title I don't think the Lakers could have won a title if Kobe wasn't there yeah I don't, and I don't think they would have won a title with if Shaq wasn't there I think they they needed each other yeah if one or the other wasn't there, they wouldn't have won a title. That's yep. just the fact that it is. I've actually so, got a what if. If you don't hit it, then I'll I'll bring it up after. Or before right. the last one. Because before the last one. Is. So the next one I have is... Um, what if Allen Iverson had won a ring? And I'm talking with either with the, seven, the Philadelphia 76ers or his time with the Denver Nuggets. I wish it would have happened in Denver. I wish it would have happened in Denver too, because that team was unstoppable. That team was so good. That team was so deep. It was him, Hello, Jr. Marcus Camby, I think, was on that team. He was was a dog at the time. Oh my God, that team was was a dog. Fire. That team team was was so good. I don't understand how they didn't win. That team was stacked. I think. He still would have been a Hall of Famer, but I think his career would have been solidified yeah. had he won a ring. If he had won a ring in Memphis, that would have done it. That would have done it too. I think, had, I think I think he, I think he had he won a ring anywhere, yeah. whether it was Philly, Denver, or Memphis, not only would it sort of solidified his career, but he would have been a legend in that area. Yeah. A legend in that area. And it sucks that we never got to see that happen to him. Like we, it didn't happen to Charles, but the impact that Iverson had was so much more than probably what Charles Barkley ever had. Yeah, easily. Iver- Iverson, people wear shooting sleeves because of Iverson. Like people dressed up, people yeah. dressed up like Allen Iverson. And they he, had an he brought swag to the game. Exactly. The next one I have, and this one's a double one. So what would this one? We'll go the first one because it, it wouldn't have changed anything. Uh, what if Jordan was drafted by the Blazers in his first round? But you got to look at his draft class. I don't think he. I don't think he would have been either way. Dra- and you look and you watch the the last dance. Portland was not going to draft Jordan because of who they had, who was on the line back then. 
and it wouldn't have made a difference. I still Jordan. feel like he would have been great, but that Bulls team. But then you look at who, like, who the Bulls picked up. They picked up Scottie Pippen. They picked up you know Dennis Rodman. They picked up guys who were good. I don't think Portland could have done that. I don't. Yeah, I don't I think don't, that front office could have done that. Portland has a long history of not surrounding talent with what with, they don't have a history of surrounding stars with talent. I don't no. think he wins six rings. I don't think he wins six wins either. He does, I don't yep. think he wins any without Scotty. That or, you know, it was him, Scotty, and either Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman. He had to have one or the other. They needed that rebounder too. And Horace Grant was good for the first three. Dennis Rodman was great for the next three. He needed that other big man role to fill in. Yeah, he, and then the he other needed one, and, that back. And that the other Rodman. one was, what if Durant had been signed by the Trailblazers because he was second. Greg Oden was first and Greg Oden turned into one of the the worst picks in NBA history. Let's think about it even not from the Kevin Durant perspective because he's shown no loyalty. He was probably going to float to other teams regardless. Yeah. If they get Kevin Durant they probably don't end up with Dame and CJ. You're right. So where would they be now if they had picked Kevin Durant? So they probably lucked out by picking Greg Oden. I know it it, it hurt at the time at because time, it didn't but... pan out, but because of that, it had longer, a, a positive impact a decade later because they've had sustained success with Dame and CJ. Right. But you could have had Kevin Durant and Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy deserved mm, a title. Are you that, kidding me? Uh, Brandon Roy deserved a title. One of the One of the most underrated players in the NBA. Oh my gosh, that man can shoot, drive, dunk, whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. He was a great guard for that for that Portland team. Um, but I don't think it would have changed much. I think Durant, like you said, he floats. He's a floater. He moves where he wants. What's the one that we missed that you wanted to bring up? So I think the year was 2006. The okay. Lakers contacted the Cavaliers. Player for player, Kobe Bryant for LeBron James. What if? No, no, I just the Cavs said no. The, uh, well, the Lakers offered the trade. That's the, here's the thing. Straight, During, like no picks, nothing. Kobe, the, LeBron, done. I I see why, and here's why. During that time, Shaq's gone. Shaq is in Miami, about to win a title. They don't have anybody in LA. They want like I get it. Kobe want. At that point, he's frustrated with the Lakers. He wants to get out. But then at the same time, I don't know if he wanted to get out, but I'm just saying it's an opportunity. LeBron James, up-and-comer, one of the best stars in the game. You know, Cleveland with the chosen one. I just don't – I don't know why Cleveland said no, but – I know why. Because they don't want to lose to LeBron, but they ended up – they didn't win a title for the first years that he was there. No wonder he left. But you still think, if, think about this. You wouldn't have the decision, you know, LeBron. You, Miami uh, would have less to, championships. Miami would have less championships. Cleveland still, probably wouldn't have a championship. I don't think Cleveland still would have a title. Cleveland would still not have it unless, here's the thing. Kobe Bryant is a big star, so I can understand why if they traded him to Cleveland, I feel like that front office didn't understand the impact that Kobe had on the game. 
and they were not, he would have attracted attention. He would but have attracted talent. Not but a I, lot of players wanted to play. Nobody, with but a lot of players also don't want to go to Cleveland. Yeah, they don't want to go to. I understand why you don't want to play with Kobe, but it's the same thing with playing with Michael. You don't want to play yeah. with Michael because they're intense. They want to. He play. holds. He holds he you holds, accountable. He holds you accountable, and that's he holds you to is. a high standard. Yeah, and I get it, but that's fine. But that's what builds a championship. That's yeah. what builds the character to win a championship. Yeah. Players in, in today's game don't like accountability. They want to, they want to, they want to pass the buck. They want to sit down on a podcast, a la Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, and blame Steve Kerr and Bob Myers for all their problems. It's just you can't. You just got to take responsibility for yeah. yourself. It's just that's and that's what Kobe and Mike did. They held you accountable if you weren't playing well. They held your hand in the practice. fire. If you didn't yeah. want to hold your hand in the fire, they get out. If you weren't putting it all, in, if you weren't giving it all in your in practice, they were going to come at you and they were going to bust your tail. Yeah, that, and that's just people don't like it now. So are we ready for that last one? I wonder what it's going to be. I, I wonder what it's going to be. Oh, what um, if Kobe, Chris Paul, and Dwight all play together in the Before NBA? we get your take on it, a lot of people are going to sit there and say, oh, it, it would have, Kobe and Chris Paul would have been too good. The league said no because they would have been too, no, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. The league said no because the Pelicans had no owner, so they were owned by the they were owned by all the other owners. They were owned it by wasn't the NBA. because it was the NBA owned it. It wasn't because Kobe and Chris Paul would have been too good. What I've recently found out was that it was because Dwight Howard was already rumored to get there. Chris Paul would have been there, and the Lakers would have had three max players and thirty million in cap space. Gosh, it's just so they could have had four max players. Five. So all, it could all, all the other two. owners. They could said have no. five max players. But you look at it back then. Gilbert Arena said it perfectly. It would have ruined the league for ten it years. Would've, it would have. I could understand. I could understand why they would have won. Over that next years, I could see them winning seven titles. It, I could it have had seen them. Nothing to do with Chris Paul and Kobe being too good. It had everything to do with, with the fact that they would have run everybody out been, of the league. Kobe could have been playing with four max players, three max players. You could have extended Kobe's career. He would have shouldered less of a load. Chris Paul would have shouldered less of a load. Dwight Howard would have shouldered less of a load. I mean, you you could be talking Boston Celtics like dynasty. You yeah, you could have like that that they had the opportunity for the next 10 years to win 6 7 titles in a row or at through that time span. Like it wasn't even close. Like the and Bynum was out, and Dwight Howard, a young Dwight Howard, like still, you know, his time with uh, Orlando was coming up, and it would have been perfect. Chris Paul, you know, the Hornets, like he had his time with the Hornets, still struggling, but he would have came over to L.A. Kobe's still doing big things million. in L.A. They had thirty million, million casts. They could have gotten one, maybe two max players. What year was that? That, that was two thousand eleven. Oh my so goodness! Let's go see what what free agents would have been available. I need agents. to know. I need to know what free agents were available because if they were the some of the good ones that you could have offered for like twenty twenty four million dollars, I w- I'm going to lose my pain. I'm going okay. to lose my mind. So 
you ha you had a 26 year old Mark Gasol, a 29 year old Tyson Chandler, a 29 year old Nene, who at the time was pretty good. He was at the time at the he time was a was 15 and seven player. Uh huh. David West, who was not bad. Um, Thaddeus Young, Marcus Thornton, Rodney Stuckey, Aaron Aflalo, Jason Richardson, who was still a really good He's player. Still a at the great time. player. I mean, you could have picked up three of these guys. You, but okay, so now I'm seeing a flaw because I'm not saying that they couldn't, but some of that flaw, they're all big men, and I it, yeah. we just we didn't. Jamal have... Crawford was a free oh, agent. You know what? I take that back. Karan <laughs> Butler. No, Jamal. Jeff I would Green. Taken, uh, Jamal Crawford over any of those guys. Are you kidding me? His handles and his handles are amazing. That Euro I mean, step of his and the fact that he's a certified bucket. Man, that's you, crazy. Man, we, you could have gotten so many. You you could have, instead of you could have gotten one, one max of your player deals. or two max players, you could have picked up three out of the top ten free agents. Because at the time, dudes wasn't making thirty million a year, no. and not everybody was getting that. You could have picked up three guys off this list. It just hurts because you know, man. David Stern said no. It wasn't on, this, on December eighth that the trade was agreed. David Stern said no. It was the owners Four, of the other teams. the owners of the other team said no. Four days later, he's going. He's still in LA, but he's playing in the same building, but with different colors. He's playing for the Clippers. I mean, I was it, so mad. If now, now that I know this part of it, I would have said no. Just Kobe and Chris Paul. Just, I would have let it happen. Roll the dice. But now that but I know, now that, that, you know that it was Kobe, Chris, Dwight Howard, and thirty and million in cap space, <laughs> I would have said. If I was an owner, I would have said no too. I would have said for the next. I knew. No. I knew for the next ten years we are winning. If, if I was like you know a team that had a chance at a title run, I would have been like, nope, we're not. We're not doing it. We're not going to win. Shoot. We're not. And then you look at that. Um, it was just so. And it hurts because I'm a Lakers fan, and it hurts because you know the fact that we had an opportunity. Kobe had an opportunity to win 2011. Did we win that? Did we? No, we didn't win the title that year, did we? 2010. 2010, we won. Title. But we went back to back. It was, uh, it was nine, nine and ten. Nine and ten. 11, Celtics 11, 11, 11, and Miami it was and 12. 11. So my Dallas or, was. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas 11, was, I'm sorry. Because it was Dallas and Miami. Yeah. Oh my God, we would have beaten the brakes off of Dallas. Are you kidding me? It yeah. wouldn't even be close. And Miami, oh, you know what? This is what we all talked about. What would have happened if it was a Kobe LeBron finals? This would have been it. This Kobe is what we would have dusted. Oh my LeBron God, it wouldn't even been close. Think about that Miami team Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Birdman, Batty A, Ray Allen. You like, had all I'm those a, guys on that team. It would have been a terms, good finals. It would have been great ratings and have been a great finals for four straight of, years. In terms of basketball, Le LeBron, I, I think LeBron is the greatest player of all time. But Kobe would have beat the socks off that man in the finals at that point in his career. Oh, yeah. Kobe's I don't even think it would have been close. Healthy. Kobe's still healthy at Kobe that time. Kobe was a, a, still an absolute dog. I think they probably would have... It, the with the year that Orlando played the Lakers, if the Cavs had made the finals that year, I think Kobe would have swept him. 
I don't think I mean, it would have been close. But you look at it, it wasn't even, it's still, it was what? 4-1? 4-1, 4-2, like, something like that. It still wasn't close. Yeah, but and it wouldn't have it, been any different with Cleveland. It wouldn't have been any different with Cleveland. And Cleveland had a great run, but you look, when he went to Miami, like they had a team, but it's still what, I don't think LeBron would have, if, for those four years, like the time that Miami was in it, the Lakers would have made the finals all those four years. And I don't believe that Miami would have won any of those. They yeah. might have won one, but I not more than two. Not even close to two. It wouldn't have even been close. The yeah, Lakers would have been too strong. They had the they had the players. They had the money. They could have done whatever they wanted. Bill Jackson would have more rings. Kobe would have more rings. And then White you're talking Howard about the cap increases that were coming around that time. You probably could have kept those guys a little bit longer than expected to. It just... Oh, it hurts. That could Sometimes. have that could have what, broken the league. It just hurts to know that that could have happened, and it probably should have happened, but the league said no. And then you look now; now it doesn't bother anybody. Who cares? Yeah. And it's just like, wow! Now you decide to care. Now you don't care that five the whole team's made up of all stars. Seven all stars on one team. There's two. You got the Nets too. You got so, the Nets too. I think they have 15 All Stars between those two teams. I think that's the number that I saw. That is the number. They have 15 All Stars between those two All-Stars. teams. How's that even fair to the rest of the league? Other teams don't even have one or two. Like one team has two teams combined at 15. That's crazy. We look at it now. It's just oh my gosh, man. I I, I get it. Some of those were in 2012. That's a decade ago, but still. Still. That's a lot. That's a lot. And the Lakers would have been unbeatable. I feel like, in my opinion, they would have been the team, instead of the Warriors breaking the record, the Lakers would have broken that record and and won the title. And you still had had guys playing 82 games, 75 games. You You didn't have... Guys rest playing. days. You didn't have rest days. There was no thing as a rest day. Kobe didn't believe in a rest day. Kobe playing. He, the man walked off the court with a torn Achilles. That's after what making he two free. After that's making what he thought of rest days. Yeah. But oh, it just hurts. But that's been it for our what if section. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Appalachian State men's basketball player Andrew Muse. So stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to our welcome to the Hoop Jack podcast series with our Hooper highlight for one-on-one interview with Appalachian State men's basketball player Andrew Muse. Andrew, good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So my first question and um, really kind of something going on. Uh, I want to pay my respects because I know there's a, been a lot. There's an event went down within the Mount Tabor community, and my thoughts and prayers go out to you because I know you grew up around that area. And uh, uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, a tragic event happened. Uh, school shooting at my high school today. My dad's actually a teacher and coach there. Um, so as near and dear to my heart is uh, I've grown up there for 21 years now. And I walk down those hallways and, um, you know, it's scary, but I just pray, uh, pray for the Mount Tabor community. And um, I pray that 
God would use this event uh, to glorify him in some way. And uh, we can, we can look to him for strength uh, during this time. Right. And again, my thoughts and prayers, because I know you grew up there, but um, what was the, the basketball culture like playing at Mount Tabor high school? Oh, huge culture. Um, my dad's been there for now uh, 30 years. Uh, this will be his 30th year, and um, he's averaged uh, about 20 wins per season uh, since he started there, uh, multiple Final Fours, uh, won a state championship in 2008, 2009. Um, and um, Mount Tabor is just built off of hard work, grit, and um, playing defense uh, every every single night. You know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, you're playing a team that uh, that you, you really don't want to play. Uh, we like the target on our back, and um, we're going to bring it every single night. So uh, it's just a winning mentality, and it, it's a huge family. Everybody uh, that's has gone through that program, uh, they, they go in – um, when you first go in, you you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. But when you come out of it, you're you're really sh- mentally and physically strong um, because of what you go through each and every day through practice, and then uh, on Tuesdays and Friday nights, uh, it's a war every night, especially in our conference. So um, it's it's blue collar guys. We're we're gonna work our tails off, and we're gonna get it done somehow. Right, and I can respect that. I like the fact that you guys. You go out there, you play to win. You play, like you said, with a target on your back, and you're ready for it. You're excited for that. You want to show people that what you guys are made of all the way. And what was the – um when approaching your senior year, what was the decision to go to Appalachian State? Yeah, so um, I, have a, I have a different route. Um, in high school, I played three sports. I played football, basketball, and baseball. And um, – Coming out, I just knew I wanted to play um, college sports, and I didn't know which sport I was going to play. Um, I was actually all-conference in football and baseball, and uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't get anything in basketball. Um, uh, I had the opportunities to um, go play uh, Division three or Division two basketball somewhere, and um, I've always – uh, been around basketball and been around coaching, and that, that's something I want to pursue uh, later on. And so um, my goals of coaching Division One basketball day uh, one day um, led me to try to be a walk-on at uh, Appalachian State, and um, Coach Kearns got the job, and uh, I reached out to him, and he reached back to me, and we had a couple meetings, and uh, he explained to me what my role was going to be, and um, – and from there, it just it just went on, and uh, a lot of answered prayers uh, went on through that. And um, my actually, my family, uh, me and my brother, are both up here at Appalachian State, and we'll be the thirteenth and fourteenth um, kids in the family uh, to graduate with a degree from Appalachian State. So um, it's we've been coming up to Boone uh, since we we're little kids. So uh, when Coach Kearns uh, offered me the spot, uh, it was a no brainer. I think that's kind of really kind of leading. You have that family tradition of attending a fine institution like Appalachian State and keeping that tradition going. And I can relate because I do have family out there in Boone. It's beautiful. It's, you know, 
kind of just the environment around there. It's just mountains. You enjoy the nature within it and kind of the culture that App State brings is one to remember. So I can I can relate to that aspect and I wouldn't I would not disagree with you on that. And my next question is what's what is it like playing for head coach Dustin Kearns and what's kind of like his coaching style to bringing you guys together as a collective unit? Uh, yeah, Coach Kearns, uh, he's not only a great coach, but a great person. Uh, he, he truly cares about every single one of us, um, one through 15. And um, Coach Kearns is a big team guy. It's not uh, – that's one of the things that uh, culture-wise we had to change. It's not about ourselves, but it's about us as a team and what can we achieve as a team together. Um, and – uh, if we play as a team and if we play as hard as we can every night um, and he harps on especially defense, we're going to win a lot of games um, just off the simple fact that we're so close on and off the court and that um, App State's going to bring it every night. Uh, you don't want to play App State because, uh, because of those things that we play so hard and we're going to play defense and uh, we're playing to win. And speaking of winning, you guys took home the Sunbelt Conference Championship, earned a ticket to, you know, the big dance. Tell, walk me through the feeling of winning, not only winning the conference, but able to cut down the championship net. What was that feeling like? Oh, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. Um, last year was really hard. So we were first in the conference um, for a while. And we got COVID, uh, had a little adversity, lost seven out of the last eight games going into the to the conference tournament. And then um, we really came together as a team. And uh, four nights straight, we won back to back to back to back. And um, it was – it's an indescribable feeling uh, when you're cutting down those nets and all the hard work, uh, the meetings, the film, the weight room, conditioning – uh, the practices, the games, everything you go through uh, led to that point. And um, we finally did it, and uh, we're the first to do it in 20 years at Appalachian State. Um, and the first time we've ever won the Sun Belt Championship um, being in this new conference. So um, it was awesome. It's an unbelievable feeling, and um, I was proud to be a, uh, a part of that. And then you guys played in – I think it was the first four you guys were playing against um, Norfolk state in that first round. And I watched that game, that game came down to the wire and unfortunately it, it just didn't come to fruition. Uh, is the goal next year to repeat, to make it to the dance and to do even better than last season? Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we want to be first in everything that we do. Um, we don't come to any gym thinking that we're going to lose. Uh, we're coming in with a mindset that we're going to win every single night. And, um, of course, that's the ultimate goal is to make it to the tournament and uh, and make a run. I want to be that Cinderella story that everyone wants to be about. I can understand that. Um, and tell us about how hard it was, not only for you, but for the team as far as the pandemic, as far as – keeping the mental health strong and trying to keep team morale and kind of just being close, coming together as one. 
Yeah, COVID, COVID was really hard. Um, just, uh, just off the fact, like, like we uh, we got shut down for two weeks, and um, in those two weeks, you you can't really you can't do anything. So, um, whether it's FaceTime or talking on the phone or uh, just texting in the group chat, uh, just checking in on guys, and um, we. We don't let adversity define us, but we uh, we use adversity as a uh, as a platform to overcome and uh, to make ourselves better. Um, so I think it was a it was a great thing that happened to our team because we came closer together out of it. And um, when things are going bad and you uh, come together as a team and, and you get through that, when things are going really good, uh, you're going to soar even higher. So. Um, I think COVID was very tough for us, uh, but I also think that because of that, um, we came out of it stronger and it helped us in the, uh, in the long run. That's right. And I'm, I can, I can agree with that. And what are some of the goals that we talked about some of the goals that you want the team to have next year, but what are some of the personal goals that you want to accomplish for next season? Uh, for me, um, I just want to make my teammates better uh, as a walk-on role. Um, I'm not in. I'm not in the battle uh, every other night like these guys are. Uh, so a big thing for me in my role is watching film and knowing what the other team does. And on scout team, um, going out there and trying to do what the other team does uh, as best as I can, so that when they go uh, when they go into a game. Uh, that they've they've done it rep after rep after rep after rep, um, so it's easy for them in the game. So um, my biggest goal would be uh, to help my teammates get better and uh, to better prepare them for the games, so that when they get out there, uh, they know what's going on and they've already seen it a million times, uh, so they don't even think about it. Right. Um. Those are some great goals to have for the upcoming season. Um, and my last question to you is, what advice can you give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level, any college level? Uh, my best advice uh, for any high schooler uh, coming to the college level is um, just dream big and uh, work your hardest. Coming out, of, coming out, of, coming into high school, my freshman year, I was five foot four, ninety pounds. Uh, I was a stick and. Uh, <laughs> Um, I had big goals in life, and from there I just worked my tail off and worked my tail off and worked my tail off, and uh, God willing, uh, I was able to do what I love every day. Um, we're the lucky ones. We we get to come out here and play basketball every day, so um, we're blessed. And I would just say, dream big and work hard. Uh, your worth ethic, your worth ethic has to um, has to align uh, with your goals. So, um, yeah. My biggest thing for high school would be just work hard and control what you can control. I think that's great advice to give to someone uh, wanting to play at that level. And I want to thank thank you, Andrew, so much for joining the podcast. I wish you and the App State men's basketball program good luck this season. I'm looking forward to see you guys repeat as Sunbelt uh, champions. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And uh, as always, take the stairs and go Mountaineers. All right, so make sure to check them out this season, guys. So when we come back, we will have more Hoopjack on the way, so stay tuned.
And we're back. So I really would like to thank Andrew Muse and for taking the time to do our one-on-one hoop profile. Make sure to check him out and the Appalachian State men's basketball program. Good luck to them this season. I hope they are able to repeat as the Sunbelt Conference champs. We are now getting ready for our special segment, our Dano's Spicy Hot Takes. Jake, tell us about our Dano's Spicy Hot Take. So for the Dano's Hot Take, I'm going to almost guarantee that Ben Simmons will be a Cleveland Cavalier. And we will see the introduction of not small ball, but tall ball, because you'll have six foot 11, Jared Allen starting at the center. You'll have seven foot tall, Lori Markinen at your two or your three. You'll have seven footer, Evan Mobley at your power forward, six foot 10, Ben Simmons at your point guard, and then literally anybody else. So we'll have four seven footers on a starting five. That's going to be interesting will, to see. We will see tall ball. That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, my hot take is switching from basketball to football. So college football starts the season. My hot take, and I know people are not going to like this for it. I'm going to take the U over the Crimson Tide. Clip it. Clip it. I'm going to take the U over the Crimson Tide this weekend. I have faith in the in the hurricanes. I have faith in the hurricanes. Now, I don't the weather it's gonna be tough for the weather wise, but I believe in the U. I I am a Miami Hurricanes fan. I love the U. Love the history of the U. Uh, even though they had some rough times, but I believe in the U. I believe it's gonna be close. It's not gonna you know, Alabama every year, you know, they're always in that topic for national champion but they've been struggling to the ACC they've been struggling you know and as well you know the Big Ten with Ohio State Ohio State Clemson you know right there but I'm taking the U I'm taking Miami taking that upset and you can clip that but I I, that's my hot take you guys can clip it clip that hot take because that's that's my hot take Miami's gonna win that Miami's gonna win that matchup this weekend oh my goodness I know people are upset right now. They're like, the people in that Alabama, what in tarnation is he talking about? <laughs> Does he know who the Crimson Tide are? <laughs> this is Alabama, son. Roll Tide. Alabama. No, I believe in Dade County. <laughs> the U. That's my hot take. I know that was rough, but it had to be said. There's people out there who believe what I said was right and people who I believe what I said is wrong I believe with the people who said I was right <laughs> go <laughs> go canes all right so now we have reached the end of our show where it's our mindful moment um shake what's been on your mind lately or what do you want to talk about so I'm gonna try to get into the habit of asking thought-provoking questions things mm. that that lead you to meditation during the day because that you know that's one of the three key things that jimmy v says you should do every day you should spend some time and thought so my question for today are you holding on to something that you need to let go of do you have a grudge that you're holding against somebody um is something that you've done in your past weighing you down you know what whatever it may be if you're holding on to it 
let it go. Yeah, I think that does deep because there's a lot of times where I feel that way, and it, you know, you gotta just take the time to, you know, think about is it worth it? Is it worth kind of keeping all that inside versus letting it out and just kind of make going on with the rest of your day, knowing that you've taken care of it. Yeah, uh, talk about it and let it go. Yeah, uh, my mindful moment is I know around the country schools are have already started or getting ready to start and you know uh i just want everyone to be safe out there you know i don't want to bring anyone's political beliefs into view but i just want everyone to be safe and just use correct judgment when you know going places and you know i'm not telling you to wear a mask or don't wear a mask i'm just telling you guys to just use your judgment and just be safe out there because we, I, I want this is over as much as you do, but we're not going to accomplish it without everyone working together for a common goal. And that's my mindful moment. Couldn't have said it any better myself. So, guys, make sure to check out all of our podcasts on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, as well as, you know, Facebook, because the link is out. We will be doing, we have the link on our Instagram as well, at underscore hoopjack underscore for all of our episodes as well as the link to thing amazing seasoning i think and jake why don't you tell the cat crew the audience a little bit about danos uh so danos is low sodium low sugar all natural seasoning goes great on everything from ramen noodles to pork shoulder you can you can literally put it on everything i call it a utility seasoning comes in two flavors original and spicy it's not too spicy but it's got just the right amount of kick like i said it's all natural yum yum get you some so make sure to check click on the link on our link tree for dano seasoning use code hoopjack at the end of your purchase as well as starting soon we will be doing saturday saturday debates on twitch we are still in the process of working on things on how to get that set up but we will let you guys know in the future when we are we have a schedule out for that so be on the lookout for that as well as at uh hoopers out there if you want to ha- do a one-on-one hooper profile make sure to just just shoot me a message at underscore hoopjack underscore i would love to hear you guys story i would love to hear you know your your story and just all his life you know just how you got into the world of basketball and make sure to check out uh everything as well i want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to our show and being a part of the process and remember don't be a bystander be a hooper and keep balling peace